Our next guest in the fortress is Christian, who has made this outstanding remark about Brittany's memoir. He told me, I imbibed this book like oxygen. Hey, Christian, welcome to the fortress. Hey, how you going, Tim? Nice to hear your voice, Christian. Now, look, you've read this from cover to cover in what I would describe as record time. Like, <laughs> what made you not want to put this down? Like, and how, how long did it take you to read? It's not a small book. Well, no, I I, uh, it, I tried to bully the, uh, the ladies at the bookshop uh, the day before it was released because they had it out back to give it to me. And they were terrified of the publisher, so they wouldn't let me have it. So I, <laughs> I, I I've got to say, mate, that's you're a yoga teacher. That's not a good look for a yoga teacher bullying librarians or whatever they um, are. You know, Britney fans got to do what she must. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I went home and I was just like, okay, well then I'll ask the powers that be, and I've got some friends over in LA, uh, in in uh, lucky places, and I said, hey, you wouldn't happen to have a copy of the book, would you? And they did, and they, they sent me the ebook. So the night before, uh, I knocked over a quarter of it, uh, and then I'm like, okay, I'll put it down, I'll put it down, and I'll watch some television and, and you know, just chill a bit. And then when I woke up on uh, its release day, I had my coffee and I just picked it up and started reading, and it, it became a, a game of just a few more pages. <laughs> and just a few more pages, and just a few more pages. And before I knew it, it was 5 p.m. and there was no pages left. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Sorry. You, that story started with your morning coffee and then it was 5 p.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Christian, I'm telling you, there's, there's no better advertisement for a book. I'm dying for you to tell us all about it, but let's start at the beginning. Do you feel like you know Brittany a lot better now that you've finished the book? Um, it, I, I feel what I always thought about her is very much true. Do you know what I mean? She's so sweet and she's so innocent and, uh, all the things that happened to her because of that sweetness and innocence, you can see how it would happen. Um, she's, she's very kind. So she's not, she's too good for this world really. And, um, uh, yeah, you, you could see, it's very much her. What, what you read, when you read the book, you realise that that sweet girl that you always watched uh, growing up is was genuinely her. Do you know what I mean? She she doesn't have a bad thing to say about anyone. Um, she doesn't wish bad things on people. She's a really kind person. And, and she can tell the book really reiterates that. Wow. So when someone writes a memoir there is a huge opportunity for them to take swipes all over the place. But I haven't read this book, but it sounds like she hasn't done that. It sounds like she just very matter-of-factly tells the stories. Well, yeah, because so many narratives have been written about her and the world just ran with them. Do you know what I mean? Because, I mean, she was a pop star and a female. So naturally, especially in the 2000s, uh, everyone wanted her to, to suffer because that's sort of what they, how they treat women. Um, so she had her success and now it's time to tear her down. Whereas males don't get that same treatment. So, uh, she pretty much had to wear all the awful things that they wrote about her. And, um, yeah, she literally with this book got to really put the things straight and, uh, clarify a lot, um, where she never had the opportunity in the past to do it. So it was, I can imagine it would have been very good for her mentally to get all that off her chest. And she's not mean to anyone, but she's honest. Um, so it's, it's, 
yeah, poor Justin Timberlake at the moment. I hear he's not doing that well with it all. <laughs> but then he deserves that. I'll put, put that on record. I'm going to ask you about what she has to say about Justin, I've got to say. But to go back to your point about she's too innocent or or beautiful for this world, she has always struck me as that, actually, that when somebody hurts or says something mean, she does have that, that very few people have, but that little, that furrow of the brow, like, why would you behave that way? Why would you be spiteful? Because it's just not in her at all. Do you think that that is the truth now that you've read the book? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, she's had so many opportunities where she could have been really awful uh, in the past, but she always took the higher road. And and to be honest, that was probably easy for her because she is kind. Um, if she was Christina or, or you know, one of the other ones, she they never take the high road. They always uh, take the slaggy road. The slaggy road. The slaggy road, yeah. <laughs> So so what I take from that, though, is this is not a mud-slinging book. You know, no. if, if you're buying this book to see her talk about, I don't know, Justin Timberlake having a very small penis or Madonna <laughs> having genitals, you're not going to see that. She doesn't, she doesn't sling mud, right? No, no, she doesn't. She's, she's very uh, complimentary, e- even with her parents, like she, even when she's dishing on them and, and they treated her the worst. Um, she's still understanding. She still comes from a place of understanding where they came from and who they were and how they grew up and then understanding the the, the awful realisation that she was the uh, cash cow and the breadwinner of the family Um, and that she really wasn't allowed to stop working because if she did, everything would turn to shit for everyone. So, yeah, she's a very responsible girl. She had a lot of obligation on yeah. her shoulders at a young age. Does it feel like her voice, when you when you read this, does it feel like Britney's talking to you? Yeah, yeah, very much. Uh, just you can really uh, hear just this, the, the way that she talks normally and the sweetness and the things that she notices and the things that she comments on. And it's very much uh, her. You know, everyone was like joking, oh, she had someone write the book for her. Um, but it really does read as she would speak. So um, it's, yeah, very relatable if you're a Britney fan. My guess, Christian, is that she probably sat with either a tape recorder or an author, one of the two, and just told her story in words. And then an author has probably melded it into a book as close to her voice as possible. Yeah. Unless you disagree with that. Do you think she literally put pen to paper? Uh, I I uh, think she would have written some things down. Um, she definitely would have had help because uh, writing a book is is a huge thing. So there definitely probably was someone there with her. Um, also to help her, I mean, definitely in the editing part where they'd need to shape the story to, mm-hmm. to flow. Uh, because it flows in the timeline. It starts back when she was a little baby girl um, and then ends now. So it, it is a linear story. So, Christian, we know that you're a massive Britney fan, and it's a bit like if Kylie or or Madonna wrote a book themselves. I feel like there'd be a lot in there that I had had quite a knowledge of anyway, but it'd be interesting to see that perspective. Was there anything for you as a big Britney fan that surprised you that you just didn't know at all? What shocked you about this book? Uh, Just how out there and cool she is. Um... She, she, on the, on page one, she's talking about lying on the pebbles and getting touched by God. And I was like, cool, 
<laughs> by page 73 after she's broken up with Justin and she's like, you know, driving down the freeway with some unnamed person. There's, there's many unnamed persons. She's like saved people's privacy a lot. Uh, she's driving down the freeway mm. with someone that she found uh, was a great support to her when she felt so alone. And they're driving down the freeway and then aliens. She's like, I think aliens came. So <laughs> she's 73, she's talking about aliens. Um, and, and it's like, okay, that's cool. That's out there. She's very open-minded to everything and to spirituality and to, uh, it's almost like she's a deity in a way, but the most unexpected kind because she's a pop princess. But she's always been really attuned to energy, right, including yeah. the, the energy of people, the energy of the universe. I've, I've felt that about her. Let's cut to the chase. Did it read as if it was written by somebody who does struggle with their mental health or was it very coherent or like oh, yes. what it can you tell like us about Instagram that part post. Yeah, it wasn't like her Instagram post. I know what you mean. Um, her Instagram yeah, yeah. posts can be like a ramble, um, an explosion yeah. of, of a rant of some kind. No, this was a very Yeah, her humble... Instagram posts can start in one point. Sorry to yeah. interrupt. Her Instagram posts can start at point A and then you can't work out how you got to point J. Like, yeah, yeah so this is very <laughs> yeah, much coherent and flowing, right? Yeah, a lot of emojis in between. Um, yeah, this is very, very coherent. And, and she talks very candidly about her mental health and, and very honestly too about how she struggled and, and why she struggled. Um, so it's very understandable. And then you sort of begin to feel that, you know, maybe she didn't really have mental health problems outside of external issues. Do you know what I mean? That, that sort of forced onto her. So her mental health was, was uh, a reaction to the world as opposed to just something she was suffering. It's almost like if people were kinder to her, she wouldn't have had any problems. I get it. So by reading this book, the context makes you very unsurprised that she behaves the way she behaves or, or thinks the way she thinks because it all makes sense once you see the life story. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And then when she starts explaining, especially in the 2007 era, uh, when things started going bad, she started explaining her behaviour to you. She's like, actually, no, I was just doing this and because of this and this and why aren't I allowed to do this? Like everyone was like, okay, uh, you're a mother now. You have to give up your life and go home and, and uh, be a mother, except everyone was saying she was a bad mother and then they took her babies away from her. And that's the only thing she ever loved was her children. Um, so then she started acting out and going out, which anyone would do, especially at when she was 25, a 25 year old millionaire would very much act out in that situation. And, um, she didn't even do anything bad. That's the thing. It was just the narrative that well, they kept writing. Christian, I've, that's the part I'm really interested in. Okay. Uh, I'll just, I won't go on one of my famous rants. <laughs> people will not give me for that. But when the free Britney movement was happening, yeah. I really contested the fans that were picketing and marching down the streets because I said there is stuff in those files you don't know and you, yeah. you're you only in a conservative ship if you're a danger to yourself or you're a danger to others and really qualified people are looking after that decision-making and we didn't have the files. You don't just have children taken from your Christian without good cause. So my question to you after reading the book is, does she take any responsibility for her behaviour or does she just say 
it was the response to her behavior was unreasonable does she take any accountability at all here um not really not really uh it sort of paints and it sort of writes out that uh uh because what's the husband kfed was treating her like shit for like months i actually when i read the the whole era in the book i was like how did you put up with that how did you let him treat him like that he was ignoring her uh just going and hanging out in vegas and becoming his own pop star and just basically ditched her at home with the children um and then then she got sick of it and he treated her really really badly for like for months and months and months and then i guess being the pop princess she sent him an sms that was pretty much wrong i'm getting a divorce piss off and uh he already knew so he's always been a thug to me uh he planned that they made her look crazy just to steal the babies because he wanted the paycheck and if she got to keep the babies he wouldn't get the paycheck um the prenup was pretty tight so um he needed those children he still does look what he does to her still with those babies they're nothing but a cash cow to him um and i believe that completely i don't believe she was a danger to her children at all did she talk about the famous incident where she was barricaded in a house, possibly in the bathroom with her children, yes. who I assume would have been terrified at the prospect of police banging on the door. Did she talk about that incident? And again, did she take any accountability in that? Uh, she did take accountability. She spoke about it. Um, she said that they tricked her. So basically, because they kept uh, saying things at, at that point, I mean, he had custody. So she was only allowed to see them on his uh, approval. Um, and what happened was, uh, she didn't think she was going to see them again. It got that bad that they were, because they kept holding it over her head that they put one of the kids in the car and then she just lost it and locked herself in the bathroom. Um, because they, they tricked her. They said that, you know, well, we'll give you more time and you can spend some more time with them before we take them away. But it was all a trick. And then she said before she knew it, uh, a SWAT team was bursting through the door. And then they tied her to a gurney and, and put her on a mental hold. Um, but you can understand why someone would act like oh that. My God. It's the only thing she ever loved. It's tragic, isn't it? Yeah. That's, even hearing you recount it, it it's heartbreaking. Because any parent who has been separated from a child knows that feeling or even the, the, the possibility of being separated from a child. So... Uh, it's just, it's a tragic, tragic story you're recounting. And I was curious, and I will read the book myself, how much she talked about her children, because they're still estranged from her. They still make comments, you know, about Brittany's uh, lack of protection. Uh, does she talk about the kids much or does she pretty much still uh, fear? She, she talks about them so much and her love for them. Um, she dedicates the book to them. Uh, oh. At the start of the book, it's dedicated oh. to them. Um, yeah, she loves them with all her heart. Um, and I think the sad tragedy is, is that now that, uh, one of them just turned 18 and then the other one that's going to turn 18 next year, uh, the cash cow ends. So it's going to be very interesting to see the dynamic now that daddy isn't getting paid 40 grand a month, 40 grand oh, I US. I can tell you're a Britney fan, Christian. Oh, um, because, thanks. you know, I don't know. I don't know the full story. It just feels like, come on, he's a dad. And I'm sure that he's deficient in many ways. But golly, oh, yeah. it's a big call to say he doesn't love and care for his boys. 
Oh, no, no, he's, I'm saying that, that uh, he's an opportunist and those children mm-hmm. are a very good investment, a very good investment. I mean, I, the part of the cynical part of me knows maybe that Sam Ascari wanted to knock her up as well. Sorry for being crass. I'll knock her up as well because as soon as you've got a baby with her, uh, you're set for life, really. Let me ask you this, Christian. Are there other celebrities out there, and I'm pretty sure Justin will come up, but are there celebrities <laughs> out there who, who will be running scared from this memoir? Um, no, there's, there was uh, a famous woman that cheated on uh, Justin with Brittany, um, cheated on Brittany with Justin. Uh, she she brings her up, but she leaves her name out. And she says, uh, because she's married now with children and I don't want to embarrass her. So uh, Wow. Who is it? Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, there's, oh, come on, Christian, you'd know. Well, no, well, Take apparently a there was a few times. Like one of them was an All Saint, one of the All Saint girls from the All Saints, remember uh-huh. the All Saints um, back in the day. Yep, and yep. then this other girl, well, I don't know who this other girl is. Um, I'll have to delve into the forums and ask the other freaky fans because I never really paid attention to him. Um, yeah. Ever since he, he went out and said, you know, that he banged her on the radio, I was like, that's disgusting to do that to your ex-partner, to shame them like that and embarrass them. It's, it's yeah, I, I think it's scum. Excuse my French. <laughs> Yeah, oh, well, I know that Britney fans feel strongly about Justin and certainly it, not just him but society as a whole. It was interesting the way yeah. he has come off unscathed, even with the Janet Jackson incident yeah. um, at the Super Bowl, things like that. It is it's, it is a reflection of why society was in the early 2000s. She talks about Colin Farrell in the book, doesn't she, about yeah. sleeping with him? Yeah, yeah. So so the thing is, is um, Justin was an affair. She lost her virginity at 14. Uh, to one of her brother's friends. Um, right. and, and then it was, and I could tell back in the day as well, uh, no little girl goes and talks about her virginity in a press conference. So when she did, I knew uh, with my, because I'm a Madonna fan too, so I've got like that <laughs> Madonna business mind. I knew that her, that her agents were like, no, you have to go and pretend to be a virgin because it sells records. Um, so I knew she was lying when she said it, and I knew she didn't want to say it. Uh, but she was very much a yes girl, yes sir, yes ma'am. She was a very good girl. Um, and it came back to bite her big time. Yeah, so Colin Farrell, like, she was rebounding basically. And uh, they're both Sagittarians, so I can imagine what that would be like. <laughs> uh, it was apparently animalistic. Um, she said it was more like a brawl, I believe, were her words. Uh, they brawled naked <laughs> for a couple of weeks and then uh, she got yeah, over it. That's quite the image, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, and it, it, when you see them together, he's like sort of got his arm around her neck. It's like in a headlock. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, the, the two peas in a pod, really, that uh, different, different peas. It does sound to me like she doesn't take much accountability. I'll give you some examples that are coming to mind. Um, Okay. With the Diane Sawyer interview, uh, I was pressured, I was made, I was forced. With the conservatorship, I shouldn't have, it wasn't fair, it should never have happened. With the children being taken away, I didn't do anything wrong, I don't understand. Uh, With Las Vegas shows, same thing. It's like, at what point does Brittany in this book, if ever, say, I should have done that differently. I could have behaved better there. Um, 
plenty. She does. She does. She acknowledges where she could have done better, um, but not in a. She blames a, a lot of people, though. Is my point. Oh yes, yes. Well, once the conservatorship started, she had no choice. Like the the way it works and the way it runs out is is uh, you're going to eat this. You're doing this. You're going to breathe this many times. You're completely controlled in every single way. And they did because her parents were um, invested in her continuing working and being the star and bringing in all the millions. Uh, so once her dad took in control of her, she had no choice. And she, she realized it. I mean, I, I read from there was the guy. A uh, photographer that she was dating at the time that the conservatorship started, and he always told the story of, I was out with Brittany, we were driving around, uh, I got a phone call from her father because uh, the conservatorship had been kicked into place, and he said, right now you have kidnapped Brittany Spears, she is supposed to be here, the police will come for you if you do not deliver her to me right now. And he literally had to look at Brittany and say, I, I have to take you home. Otherwise, I'm going to jail. They're going to arrest me for kidnapping you. Um, and they meant it. And then they kept her under lock and key. And they stole all their money. I mean, they are motherfuckers. But leading up to the conservatorship, with the Diane Sawyer thing, what confused me, uh, which I think maybe, maybe she's confused about this, uh, her father, she said that her father organized it. Um, he wasn't around at that period as far as I know. So that part did confuse me. I was like, okay, well, uh, and he's even come out and said too, he's like, I had nothing to do with that. I mean, he was a drunk, so he was probably drunk somewhere at the time, but I'm confused with that part. I'm like, maybe she's remembering Mm -hmm. that wrong because, uh, she wasn't under conservatorship with Diane Sawyer. Um, I don't know who suggested she do that. It was a bad idea. She describes Diane Sawyer as coming at her with question after question after question, and she felt very uncomfortable. And I'm not, I'm honestly not having a go at her, but if you felt that uncomfortable, where's the moment where you stand up and hold out your hand and say, thank you for your time, this interview is over? Yeah, it's the Britney part, you see, because she's yes, Mm ma'am, yes, sir. Uh, Very agreeable. Mm. Submissive in a way. Yeah. Yeah, because that's right, how she right, was always taught right. to be. Um, right. And and it would have been made into something even bigger too if Brittany walked out on her and Diane Sawyer would have, yeah, <laughs> taken her to town. She did anyway. Uh, she, it was, she was doomed, you know, doomed as she did, doomed as she didn't. Uh, they made her cry. Christian, it was interesting timing. She was putting the finishing touches on this book when she split from Sam, <laughs> her her current husband, I think they're still married. I've heard that she still writes very positively about him. Yeah, yeah, and he still writes positive about her as 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 um, as well in, in Instagram posts and stuff. Um, it's 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 a funny thing. It, it didn't work out. They both haven't taken the low road, which is sort of nice. Um, legally, he gets nothing. Uh, but she's putting him up in a $10,000 a month uh, celebrity apartment in West Hollywood, so lucky him. Um, but, yeah, she the, the it doesn't really go into, I think, the last chapter it gets brought up, or maybe in a, a couple of chapters uh, when they met and how she was, you know, totally into him when they met because he's beautiful. Um, and then 
they don't really talk about him that much until the very end where now I'm happily married to Hamas and uh, everything is wonderful for Sam. And mm. yeah, they, they didn't go into it at all. Um, and, and I don't think she ever will. After reading this book and being a super fan, were there any glaring omissions? Was there anything that wasn't in there that you thought, hey? Yes. Yes. Go on. Uh, so the music videos. So once she went into the conservatorship, those assholes kept fucking with the music videos. And um, what happened was uh, there was the Make Me Music. No, it starts with the Perfume music video. So she wrote that lovely song with Sia and uh, she made it and she had this whole concept for this video and the director even confirms this. We shot this and stills have been leaked from it uh, where she played this hit woman uh, who had to kill this man in this film clip, but she fell in love with him. Uh, and then she couldn't kill him, of course, and uh, he ended up being with someone else and then the people that hired her to kill him end up tracking her down and killing her. So it was this very dark uh, film clip and she filmed it and she loved it and uh, the conservators were like, nope, 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 nope. So they censored it and they cut it to bits and the film clip doesn't make sense. Um, and she's always complained about that and we've always longed to see the full version of the things that she wanted to create. And then it happened again with the Glory album uh, with Make Me. She made this uh, amazing, incredible art video with, David LeChapelle, which was quite, it was raunchy. Uh, he said that the only stipulation she had with the making of the film clip was, I want to be filmed locked in a cage. He, he said that. He's like, that's the only thing that she insisted that we do. She wanted to be locked in a cage. Uh, and the rest of it was just all this wonderful made up uh, sexy stuff. And they teased this film clip we saw uh, shorts and bits of this film clip and we were like thirsting for it we're like oh my god Britney's going to do the most epic film clip and then when they finally released it we were like what the f where is where, where are all those bits what, what what what's going on here what's what's happening and it turns out that uh the conservators again saw the film clip and were like nope doesn't make sense uh we hate it and they scrapped it and then they got uh another man uh to redo the photo shoot for the album titles and the pictures and to reshoot the video and it was so boring it was oh my gosh it was like soggy wee pigs the one that they released uh, the, the, since then the original has leaked and it is a work of art it is incredible um that the one that they made was and let go and let out was really really crap so that uh, I really would like to heard more about uh, what they did to her creatively. I mean, she does speak about how they, they muffled her creatively, but I was very into those bits because I love music videos. Does she confirm that she was trying to talk to her fans? I remember this period of two years or so where uh, the fans were saying there's a clue in that photo, yeah. there's a badge or there's something weaved in her hair. I also remember when she walked down the stairs, maybe it was Vegas, and she just looked very pissed off and didn't want to be there and walked straight off the stage. Oh, yes, yes, does she, she talked about that. So she, does she confirm that she was trying to communicate with fans in the Free Britney movement? Um, she she talks about uh, the, the yellow top uh, and how it was the only way that she could have any sort of freedom was to sort of trick uh, people 
Um, she doesn't go into the rose. Remember how she kept going on about Project Rose, Project Rose? Mm-hmm. Um, that was Rosengart. So that was the lawyer that, that eventually freed her and got her out of it. So she was mocking the conservatorship quietly by posting about Project Rose. Um, and and with that, that <laughs> with the domination tour, that they were going to do at the MGM in Vegas where she pops up out of the fire and then just walks off. Uh, She did that to piss off the conservatives because they basically promised her a holiday because she'd been, she did 248 shows and she's like, I want a holiday. And really, you know, Christian, I, I remember without needing the book, I remember knowing exactly what was going on there. And it really reminded me of, you know, a, a caged lion who turns on his keeper. That mm. reminded me of that because I could just tell by every bit of body language that she telegraphed to us, she said, fine, I'll do it. If you're forcing me to do it, I'll do it, but I'm going to do this. And bang, down the stairs, clop, 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 out, stage yep. right. <laughs> into, the, into the car, see you. <laughs> Bye, bitches. She, um, yeah, she, she talks about <laughs> it. She says, basically, she came out and they, they were forcing her to do it. And, um, and this led to the institutionalization institutionalizing her as well um she pops out of the ground she said she walked down the path she was supposed to do an announcement and say yes i'm doing my new show and blah 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 which in my opinion was far too early she literally just finished the other one it's sort of like give us all some breathing space you know let us all save back up before we spend all our money on her again and oh she she said that she couldn't stand it so the only uh power that she had was to literally walk out to tell the conservatives, you know, F you, uh, no, 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 no. Cause she was pissed off at them because they promised her a holiday and they're like, no, get back to work. And, um, yeah, that would piss you off. Eventually she wanted to hang out with her children. Now I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you about Justin Timberlake. <laughs> now you've already mentioned he comes across as a, as a complete dweeb to say the least. Uh, <laughs> that's very kind. <laughs> description of what, what can you tell us does she does she go deep into the justin years um just how much she loved him she just says that i was so stupidly in love with him she said i thought i was going to be with him forever and i just adored him and then um she uh speaks about how her, his family was more stable he's got a mum called lynn too they both have a mum called lynn which would have been a head fuck for her because her mum lynn was a show mum, a, a stage mum. And uh, the other Lynn was quite lovely. But she said she loved his family. She loved him um, like a puppy dog. And uh, she couldn't understand when it all went south. And, and she said Who had that, the affair? Who, who cheated on who? Well, apparently both of them. She said she only cheated on him once with Wade Robson, Michael Jackson's uh, accuser and dancer. Mm. Um, and then he, she said that he had many affairs uh, she never said anything about it because she just was a good, quiet girl and just bit her tongue because uh, she couldn't prove it either, she said. Um, but then she heard lots and lots of things. Uh, and then when they broke up, she said that basically as soon as he started making his his uh, first album, he basically cut all ties with her. She said she didn't understand, uh, probably because it'd be really hard to make a breakup hate album about her if she was in there looking at him like a puppy dog all the time so she says that's uh pretty much how it happened and then they broke up uh he sent her a text and oh he's such a wanker 
he like wrote out this bullshit letter and then he framed it for her to give to her. It was like a breakup letter. Fuck, like hang on, hang on, a hang breakup on. letter and frames it and he it framed. Them. Yeah, he framed the breakup letter. He framed the breakup letter that he wrote to her and gave it to her like it was a gift. I was like, you fucking Wonderful. toss bag. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. so she's she is this going to damage his career? We see. I don't see it. Well, it's, it's his career's uh, in the shitter anyway, really. Um, the, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he might come out with another cheesy, cheesy song. That's uh, all he seems to make. It, it's not to the extent of a Me Too movement type of thing. There's no oh, moment no. in there where you go, no, wow, no. okay, uh, like, got it. Like he, she had an abortion. Like he's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a father. So she had, he had an at-home abortion, which sounded really awful, um, when she was in agony on the, the floor apparently in the bathroom and he decided it would be nice to play the guitar for her. Because <laughs> that's oh, what every kidding. girl, yeah, that's what every girl going through an abortion wants on the bathroom floor is their oh, boyfriend playing a guitar, stringing it for her, and and she's like, she was in oh, agony. My she's, head is in my hands. Oh my godfather! Yeah. It, it 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 makes sense when you just think of Justin Timberlake. It's like you toss pot. There's so much more I'd love to ask you, Christian, but people need to read the book themselves, <laughs> like yes. I'm going to do. To, but but tell me this as a book, how would you rate it? Like as forget it's Britney's story. Is it well written? Is it well crafted? I'm imagining it must be because it's you sort of woke up, had a morning coffee, and didn't put it down till five pm. Yeah, uh, it it sort of reads because if you followed her, if you followed her career, uh, each section you, you know where she is and what she's talking about and what she was doing, and and uh, she'll bring up moments and events and stuff that she did. And you're like, oh, we're at this part of her career now. And it sort of goes along. So you, you have all these visuals of what you were doing when you saw what was happening back then. So it's it does uh, read really well. And she doesn't uh, go on and on and on. Sharon Stone's biography, uh, Sharon liked to, to talk lots and lots and lots. And a chapter would go on for years uh, <laughs> it would, and I was captivated with Sharon's as well. I love her to pieces, uh, but Britney's uh, chapters are a lot more quick. They're a lot more easier to read, um, and yeah, they're a lot more pop star. Possibly a hard question for you, but do you worry about her? <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, well, I sort of do actually, but but not from self harm. Um, I, I was watching this really mental documentary on YouTube uh, the other day, and it was about uh, pop stars and musicians and why they don't live long. And there's a death mm-hmm. clause, apparently. So if you die and you're a, a, a big pop star, uh, your catalogue like, quadruples in, in value. So what would have been worth $500 million is now worth maybe 5 or $6 billion. So there's a lot of... Uh, there's there's a lot of motivation for you to die from everyone around you because everyone around you except you will get much richer if you die. So when you hear stories about her having knives stashed around the house, considering what she's been through, I wouldn't be surprised if that was uh, a terror of trying someone trying to kill her for her money. Um, and all these knife dances, <laughs> she's trolling. She's trolling everyone because she's not allowed to be around knives. So all of a sudden she starts uh, 
dancing with knives. She's trolling us. Um, and, and because it's ridiculous. And when they said, you know, or she can't cook, she's a mess. She broke up with her husband. She's a mess. The next thing you know, she's chopping things up. She, she doesn't cook very well. What she cooked, I wasn't impressed with, (laughs) but she did it to say, no, I can use a knife and I'm cooking and eating and you're all fucking idiots. Um, that they keep calling the police on her to check on her because everyone's afraid that she's, she's crazy. I don't think she is. Uh, I think she's over it. I, I don't know if we'll get another album out of her. Uh, and I understand if she doesn't and that's all cool. I'll, I'll still clap for her that, uh, she's trolling us right now. Well, as someone who made a contract where she secures 25% of the net profits of this book, Holy maybe God, you're right. Cool. Maybe she, it's unprecedented. I mean, but it does uh, underpin your point that maybe she is having the last laugh with all of us. Yeah. Uh, But look, Christian, I can't tell you how fascinating it has been to listen to you. Clearly a super fan, clearly a deep knowledge and a deep, deep love of her, which is fantastic. If people want to find you, can they? And feel free to say, no, people can't find me because some (laughs) of our guests do that. Do you want people to find you? Yeah, why not? Um, on, on Instagram or on Facebook, um, on Instagram, my, my, uh, my ad is at Crit Hughes, K-R-I-T-H-U-G-H-E-S. Um, and yeah, it's just Christian Hughes on Facebook. I'm not on TikTok. On I hate TikTok. Is, is Brittany on TikTok? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, her publishers probably <laughs> are. Her publishers are probably like uh, spitting out that book like you wouldn't believe. Um, but, yeah, I don't think she is. She might be under Knife Juggler 73. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> Who knows, Christian? It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Thank you. I'm sure you're about to go and read the book for the second time, so enjoy well, I'm going to listen to audiobook now with Michelle Williams and her Southern Troll. <laughs> what the devil is that, by the way? Before you go, like, why didn't Brittany read this herself? I, 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 I'm, I was so shocked when I heard this strange voice reading the book. Well, it's it's really funny because remember that, uh, I don't know if you watched it, and just like that, the Sex in the City, uh, what is it, follow one. Awful uh, show. Yeah, the, yeah it, it was quite cringy. But in one of the episodes, uh, Carrie writes the book about her husband and the, uh, how that he died and everything like that. And in, in that, she was having a lot of trouble in that episode. Rick, she had to read her book for the audio book, and she was having a lot of trouble doing it because she was getting all messed up having to talk about the sad parts. Uh, and there are a lot of sad parts in this book. So Brittany says she just hurt too much, so she didn't. Oh, but she, she does there is a good it. reason. Yeah, okay. yeah. But she she does the, the uh, introduction. Um, and it's really, really funny because she sounds like she smoked two packets of uh, Virginia's, uh, like Marlboro Reds. <laughs> she does. And then when Michelle Williams kicks in on, in Chapter 1, it's sort of like, I think they sound really similar. They really do. Um Except she, Michelle reads it in a droll, like a southern droll. It's very like this. It's a while to get used to it. I I never thought I'd hear that Britney Spears' voice was becoming Lucille Ball, but there you go. It's happening. It's happening. (laughs) Christian, you have a great day. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on.